And welcome back to another edition of the Patriot Preacher Podcast. My name's Dan Fraley, and we run podcasts. We try to run them every week as often as we as often as we can in order to keep people as informed as we can about many different topics. If you tuned in last week, you heard Brother Michael Robertson come in, and we were talking about the welfare system and the effects on the family and who was responsible for it, if you were able to uh, catch up on that. If not, uh, no worries. I have Brother Micah Robertson with me again today. Micah, do you want to remind people and tell them a little bit about yourself? Uh, sure thing. Yeah, thank you, Dan, for uh, having me on again. Uh, as I mentioned last time, I'm a evangelist that was formerly working in uh, Martinsville, Virginia, uh, but I'm living in Tennessee right now and helping out the uh, Mount Zion congregation in Savannah, Tennessee, and uh, Lord willing, hope to be moving out to Montana uh, shortly to go out there and work with some brethren out in out in that area. So um, certainly ask for brethren to be praying praying for us in those efforts. Absolutely. When you sent me those pictures of you being out in uh, Montana, I, I got my hopes up really high for you. So I'm thankful that you're <laughs> able to go out there and participate with them and do all the things that you've been doing that you carried over from Martinsville, Virginia, to Savannah, Tennessee, and now hopefully they'll benefit uh, from your evangelistic aspirations out there in Montana. So I'm looking forward uh, to that for you. (laughs) (laughs) And so tonight uh, we're going to continue on with our conversation that we started uh, last segment, and that, of course, is dealing with uh, the welfare system and how it affects the family. And last week, if you remember, we talked about some of the causes of where we are today as a nation. And really, uh, we're trying to, to mold this into how where we are as a nation right now and how the family is affected by the, by the decisions that were made. And we touched on some of them last week when we talked about you know how the family is supposed to be and how God structured the family. If you go back and you read Genesis chapter 2, it was God always had a plan for the family. God had a plan a plan for the family since the foundation of the world. And, of course, when we're talking about individual salvation, the family is always at the forefront. So it really is no surprise that in a healthy and strong nation, the family is the background or the backbone of a strong nation. And so this is kind of where we've been going. And so there was an event that Micah mentioned last week that happened in the 1960s with under Lyndon B. Johnson, and that, of course, is the welfare system where he made prominent. We actually talked about how it was uh, being started to form after the Great Depression, if you remember, and then Lyndon B. Johnson, of course, started targeting certain communities. And so this is kind of where we're, we're picking up now. And so, Micah, what are some of the consequences of this of this, uh, I guess, the welfare system that was established in the 1960s? I I mean, I can think of many consequences, but in your estimation, what are some of these consequences? Well, uh, no, as you mentioned, the the home is going to be the the backbone of society. Uh, We have a saying, and it's a a truthful saying, the hand that rocks the cradle, it rules the world. And, you know, the reason for that is because the home is where we end up gaining a lot of, you know, a lot of our own identity. Uh, what is it that's going to make up our character and who it is that we're actually going to develop into as a society? And so a home that does not have any 
any regulations, uh, does not have any uh, consequences for their actions, what is that going to produce in children? Well, that's going to produce in children a riotous type of mentality that, well, I can do whatever I want. There's not going to be any consequences, and I'm going to be taken care of. So mm-hmm. as you know, so as so as we're saying, the children that are brought up in these homes that are being uh, supplied by the welfare system, the welfare state, it 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 is that same type of mentality. There are no consequences for a person's uh, bad behavior, and so for one of those being just the uh, the rate of illegitimate birth inside of the United States. Um, I have a quote here from Thomas Sowell, who we mentioned uh, last week. He uh, quoted an article as saying as saying this uh, quote: "Despite the grand myth that black economic progress began or accelerated with the passage of the civil rights laws and war on poverty programs of the 1960s during the Johnson administration. The cold fact is that the poverty rate among blacks fell from 87% in 1940 to 47% by 1960. Now that's before that's before the war on poverty and the civil rights laws came into effect. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you saying that before the welfare system, from the from 1940 to 1960, the the I guess the employment rate or the unemployment rate decreased? Is that what you're saying? That's right. Yeah, that's right. It 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 uh, it it decreased by by half. Right. Okay. So this so, so before any of these programs started, the poverty rate among black families was already starting to go down. Hmm. So here's, here's a continuation of the quote. Over the next 20 years, the poverty rate among black, uh, blacks fell another 18 percentage points compared to the 40-point drop in the previous 20 years. So it's continuing to go down. So this continuation was not from the uh, laws that are being implemented. It was just a continuation of that ball that was already rolling. Okay? Okay. So now here's, so now here's where where we are 100 years after the passing of those civil rights laws, all right? So nearly 100 years of the supposed legacy of slavery found most black children, 78%, being raised in two-parent families in 1960. So 1960, 78% of children, black children, were being raised in two-parent family homes. Say that one more time. I want people to hear that. All right. So in 1960, before civil rights laws and the war on poverty, the welfare welfare system, in 1960, 78% of black children were being raised in two-parent families. Mother and father. Mother and father. 78%. 78%. But 30 years after the liberal welfare state found the great majority of black children, Hold on. Say that. Say that. How many years again? You kind of cut out on that. It was 30. Yeah, 30 years. 30 years. Okay. All right. So 30 years after the liberal welfare state found the great majority of black children being raised by a single parent, 66%. So it dropped. It did drop. Mm. And you found more, you find more children being raised by a single parent 30 years after the welfare state comes in. Now, the reason for that is because 
husbands started realizing, okay, my, you know, this, my wife can actually be, you know, possibly be better taken care of if I'm actually not here. So they leave. So so they leave. And it ends up being a situation of, well, okay, not only does it become a situation of the father's just leaving because, you know, we're struggling to make ends meet. So we'll divorce and I'll move into another place so that you can actually get more money from the government than I was actually able to bring in. So that, that creates a problem right there. But then it also creates another problem of, well, what about the dangers of fornication? Yeah, so all kinds of, of all kinds of problems. So you just mentioned split home, divorce, divorce in and of itself is sin, fornication, adultery, all these start to creep into the home and these are not small sins, is that correct? Oh no. No, those yeah, those are major issues because they have a rippling effect throughout our society. Mm-hmm. Everybody, I mean, if you think everybody, yeah, every everybody that experiences divorce goes through this, and now, now it also, in my opinion, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, but now you have single parent homes and women getting pregnant out of wedlock. Which, what does that lead to? Well, that yeah, that ends up leading into the the issue of these children being brought in you know being brought into the world and they're not able to be taken care of if the parents choose to go through with the yeah, birth if they or, choose to go or they tell oh, Kathy where you're going that ends up you know increasing the the abortion rate yeah yeah tremendously uh, the abort so so what we have here is the abortion rate increases the the increase of the single parent home the lack of discipline the things that you were talking about and so really, uh, when you get to the fabric of a nation and what makes a nation a Christian nation, it is something that a nation that does not have all these things. In the, in the book of Proverbs, it says, does it not? It says, righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Does it say that mm-hmm. somewhere? Yeah, it certainly does. seems like I read that in the book somewhere. Yeah. And so uh, as we talk about that, uh, can we... Can we conclude that those are just some of the consequences? What are what are some of the others that you were getting ready to say? I didn't mean to cut you off there. <laughs> oh no, it's no, it's fine. Um, so you uh, you come into then the situation of um, you know just like we're saying, you have these children that are being brought into these homes where what so what are they seeing? There is no father figure inside of the home. There is no. Uh, spiritual head, as the Bible lays it out, as it's supposed to be structured, a man and a woman bring children in, and that's what produces a home. And then on top of that, you see uh, the children grow up without a father figure. They grow up with a mother who, if she is working, so right there, they're growing up without a mother if she, if she does actually work. But the other side of that is, okay, if she is not working, what are the children growing up and what are they seeing? Well, mom, mama's not working. She's just being taken care of. So the welfare system. <laughs> yeah, so I can grow up, not have to be productive, not have to do anything to actually contribute to society, to community, and 
I will be taken care of. And so what does that end up producing? It produces these young people that are not putting their energy towards anything actually productive. So then we end up having them putting their energy towards things which are destructive. Yeah, and so the idle hands are devil's workshop, and that's what you have. I mean, you have children who don't know how to work, basically. And and that's not the only problem, but that's one of the biggest problems. And so... Right, they, they have no skills. Uh, they have, you know, like we're saying, there's, there's no skills, there's no purpose. And so we, we look at our society of young people, like in particular uh, the millennials, and we, we try to figure out, well, why, why are they so angry? Why are these, why do we have so many young people that are so angry? It, it can be, you know, talked over to the, to the welfare system. It, you know, as we said earlier, it removes any incentive to actually do anything productive. And thus we have, a whole host of society that's just floating, you know, floating through life without any type of purpose. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, and you think about they come from broken homes, so they grow up angry, right? So their parents, mm-hmm. and, and so I, I just want to read a couple of passages of scripture here uh, that kind of, kind of, is how it's supposed to be. Out of Ephesians chapter six, verse one: Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And so you can really make a whole sermon out of that. And then it says, honor thy father and thy mother. Well, how? How can you do that if the father is gone and you're living on the welfare system? And Mm -hmm. so you have so many principles here just in these two verses that are really destroyed, destroyed by the welfare system, that it may be well with thee and you may live long on the earth. And it says, and ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and add admonition of the Lord. And so these, this, the welfare system was very successful in that culture and that group of people the, the, in the black community of separating fathers from their mothers, separating husbands from their wives, separating fathers from their children, driving them out of the home. And so really the government actually replaced the, the job of the father by taking care of the family and discarded the father and all the benefits that it, that comes with having both a father and a mother, right? Um, right. And and with what you said, it made me think of another Thomas Sowell quote. Uh, he has a quote that says, the most dangerous phrase or statement that any person uh, can hear being said is, hello, I'm from the government, and I'm here to help. Yeah, and so... The government has not helped, and this is really, and I'd hate to dive back into this saying again, but it really is socialism. Socialism, the government replaces God, the government replaces the Father in the home, and you have it. You you really have it here in the Bible in Ephesians chapter five. I want to back up one chapter here in Ephesians and kind of talk about this again. I alluded to it in the last episode, but what you have here, um. Going back, all the way back in verse 1, but be therefore followers of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ has also loved us and gave himself an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. And then it goes on to say, all the sins that really destroy the nation, but fornication, all uncleanness, covetousness, let it not be once named among you as it become a saints, neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, 
which are not convenient, but rather giving to thanks. For this you know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. And I think it's very interesting. You can go on and you can uh, read the rest of that, be not drunk with wine. And then I want to get down here to verse 22 where it talks actually about the wives and the husbands, the structure of the home that the government in the 1960s, Lyndon Johnson, comes in and completely does away with this, right? And right. So, so they, they have this... They have this idea that we are supposed to uh, follow the government, get on the welfare system, let the government take care of you for the rest of your life. You can raise your children there. But what does the Bible say of c- concerning wives and husbands? Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husband as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, not the government. The uh-huh. husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. So people put their trust in the government instead of putting the trust where it belongs. And that, of course, is their husband and their wife and the two. And, of course, it's a union. It's not the husband ruling over the wife, but loving his wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. And the wife willingly submits to the husband because she loves her husband and wants to, as a, and she wants to submit herself as she does unto the Lord. And mm-hmm. so... Uh, that really is the relationship that is supposed to be. And in the 1960s with the welfare system, with the destruction of the family came uh, a rise in abortion, a rise in single family, everything that all the consequences that we've been talking about was increased exponentially, especially in the black community. You had the, you had formations of, 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 organizations like the Black Panther, NAACP, and then, of course, on the other side, you had the KKK and white supremacy groups. Mm -hmm. And really, Mm -hmm. if you think about it, now think about this. Is it possible that all of these groups are, you know, as we talked about before, are a a systemic problem that came from the welfare system when you get right down to the base of it is is that a possibility you think uh i would say so and you know and so like we said it it it, it can't it cannot really be boiled down into just one thing one thing yeah. it comes you know it comes back into the the frame of culture in which a person is actually actually brought up um you know like okay so like for example the the individuals the the white people who uh colonized the southern states where slavery was heavily implemented majority of those people actually came from an impoverished section of it's either ireland or scotland i cannot remember but it's in thomas soul's uh book and so what do you have there you have uneducated low standard of living white people who were actually being abused by other white people in either ireland or scotland and so they end up coming to the United States first, getting themselves established. And what do they end up doing? Well, they end up practicing the same type of behavior that they were practicing over in Ireland or over in that European country. And to a great degree, the southern states were heavily impoverished because of a lack of work ethic. Mm-hmm. And that just was due to their upbringing. So what you have end up happening is like you mentioned the the kkk and you know different ones like that 
um, there are there's just as many white people on the welfare system as there is black people there on the welfare system. Yep. And if, and if you think about it, the very reason why you have the importation of black people into the United States to be sold as slaves in the antebellum South to work the fields is because of a laziness on the part of the white owners. Yeah. That was, if, you know, if, yeah. if they had their, if they had their own work ethic and a desire to actually go out and do the work and provide for themselves, there would have been absolutely no need to, to bring over slaves into this country, but because they were lazy people, is you know the reason for that. So, so it's it, so you know going back again, it's not a situation of where okay we can just implement these policies and implement these laws and these policies and these laws are going to fix things. No, you have it goes back to like we're saying with the home. We have got to start bringing some structure and some foundation into the home of this is what it means to be a uh, a profitable citizen yeah i would go so i would go a step further a biblical structure you know that's right that's exactly right um because like we said you can have two parents in the home and still have a have a bad home Yep. if if it's not being governed by biblical principles which is and really you know and the passage that you read a moment ago about uh the the love that's supposed to be had it really comes down to People just do not have a love for one another. If you have love for your neighbor, then what, what's going to happen? Well, I'm not going to steal from my neighbor. I'm not going to be covetous of what my neighbor has. I'm going to desire to do good to my neighbor, which means what? I'm going to go out, and I'm going to work, and I'm going to pull my weight so that my neighbor doesn't have to pull double duty in his work to make up for me. Yeah, that's a that's an excellent way to look at it, uh, brother Micah. You have really, I mean, it kind of, and and you just made me think of that. The two greatest commandments: love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Love your neighbor as yourself, and with and encompassed or embodied in that thought of loving your neighbor as yourself is just what you said, basically pulling your own weight when the time comes for you to do so. Uh, would you agree with that? I would agree 100%. Um, I mean, it's just, and, and so I do not want it to be, you know, to come across as though we're not, we're not wanting to help people. I want to help people, but you have got to, it's unfortunate that we're at this point today, but you have got to show me that you are actually a person who is in true need. Yeah. And a person willing uh, to help themselves really. Right. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's interesting when I was working in uh, Virginia and I'm sure you, you've had to deal with this too. Uh, Dan, somebody come to the church building and, and ask for help and you start asking them, asking them certain questions. And one of the ones I would ask is, well, do you smoke? And, you know, nine times out of 10, they would answer yes. And so I would ask them, well, if you're needing help, where are you getting the money to buy buy your cigarettes? Yeah, they kind of put themselves in a catch-22, don't they? <laughs> they do. And, you know, it's just like, well, if you have enough money to buy cigarettes, which you do not need to be using, it's bad for your health, and 
and detrimental to obviously to your family because now you do not have any money. Stop, you know, stop buying cigarettes. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, uh, alcohol and you know, all these different things, these vices that people are not needing and that, that actually do more damage to society. Again, we're discussing uh, damages to society and start putting that towards the things that you're actually needing. Absolutely. And so what does that do? It alleviates pressure on the rest of society to have to care for you. Yeah, these are all, I mean, it's all, it all kind of ties together like that. If they pull their own weight then they won't have to rely so much on other help. And of course, just as you mentioned, the vices, uh, the vices, people don't realize uh, they have a bigger impact than what people the what people can see because it's all they're all the time pulling money out of their pocket that they would normally use to feed their families and things like that. And so, Micah, we're going to go ahead and stop right there again. Uh, I know time flies when we're talking. I mean, I can't believe we're already at 25 minutes. Uh, <laughs> I, I want to say again, uh, I appreciate you coming on and talking with me again this week. And uh, hopefully, once again, I look forward to uh, having you on for more discussions. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we sign off here? Uh, I would just like to say again, uh, I am not an expert on these things, but I do read from the experts. Uh, Like I mentioned, Thomas Sowell, Shelby Steele, uh, even Frederick Douglass, who who was a former slave and was was an incredibly intelligent uh, individual. And, And I do not say it that way because... He, you know, because he was a slave, that doesn't that doesn't make any difference. It it boils down to what the actual person wants to do and what they want to make of themselves. And Frederick Douglass, he was not going to be held back because of his circumstances. And when he when he was freed, he did not carry a grudge. He did not walk around with a chip on his shoulder or think him, you know, think himself a victim. He just he went to work and uh, trying to better himself, and he. I mean, he's a great he's a great individual and he's a great American that a lot of people can learn from and so those are some of the ones that I've studied uh, on this topic to uh, you know to get some of these talking points and so I would encourage others to uh, to read them and uh, any interviews that they can find online to to watch those yeah absolutely and, and you pointed me in that direction a couple of weeks ago and, and I have found them tremendously interesting I have to say. So, Brother Micah, uh, I look forward to having you on again. Thank you so much for that input. Thank you so much for that closing. We're going to go ahead and sign off now. And uh, as always, I want to thank you guys for listening. Go on and give us a rating and tell us how we did and see where we can improve. Uh, Thank you, Brother Micah, for coming on. I'm signing off now, and thank you for continuing to listen, everybody. Thank you.